that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people and I've played some too. And there's one thing I know, people like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all doing? Thanks for joining me this evening. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Spudcast podcast while I'm talking out my ass with uh, UNO head of the economics department, Dr. Walter Dub Lane. And we're going to talk about the economics of the area and what's going to come back and how's it going to come back and what you need to be on the lookout for. And a link where you can go find numbers yourself without having to rely on headlines from somebody else. Dr. Walter Dublin from UNO coming up right after this. Spun here. On Friday, two friends told me they had COVID. Monday evening, I started feeling punky. Tuesday morning at 6.30, I was at Rapid Urgent Care getting tested. And by 7 o'clock, I was quarantined. Don't fool around. If you have any symptoms, let the professionals at Rapid Urgent Care diagnose your condition. They've got you covered with eight clinics from Baton Rouge to Bogalusa, from Metairie to Mandeville. You can even visit a doctor online. Mask up and get yourself and your loved ones tested at Rapid Urgent Care. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find the clinic nearest you. Who that said ain't gonna be no Mardi Gras? You can't stop the Mardi Gras. You can stop a parade, but you can't stop the spirit. It's just gonna be a little different, that's all. And if you're still a little confused on how you're gonna celebrate Fat Tuesday, just go to MardiGrasAlliance.com and they'll hook you up with whoever you need to hook up with to see the floats, the music, the Mardi Gras Indians, the food, the history, and whatever else you need to make your Mardi Gras just as special as if nothing has changed. Go to MardiGrasAlliance.com and laissez les bon temps rouler. Spun here for Serentine Comfort Systems. You've heard a lot of hot air out of me before. Well, now I'm talking comfortable, clean, germ-free air with the new iWave air purifier. It knocks down cooties, even COVID, from your home or business. Pathogens, allergens, particles, even smoke and odors. Wave goodbye with the iWave from Serentine. Quick install, no maintenance, 25 bucks a month. Give the gift of healthy air this year. Call Serentine Comfort Systems at 504-833-8831. 833-8831 or go to srscomfort.com. Okay, so we're talking to uh, Dr. Walter Lane. Uh, he's Dub and I'm Spud, so this ought to be um, an enlightening uh, interview right here. Because who who knows who knows when people have nicknames like that, Dub, that uh, that people can trust their intellect. You know, you you got that right. <laughs> Why do people question you? And go, Dub. What the hell kind of name? I'm a study economics from a guy named Dub. Jesus Christ, man! Why don't you boil down some hog lard or something like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do what you do, man. I can barely add in my head. So, how'd you get, how'd you get, um, how did you get attracted to economics to the point where you got your doctorate and you're like the head of the department at UNO? Well, actually, as an undergrad, I was a math major, um, and I was trying to figure out what to do after that, and and uh, and I took an economics course, and I decided that uh, that economic, what I liked about math was that it's the logical thinking. Uh, and I found out that economics takes math and applies it to the problems that everybody have on a day-to-day basis: how to run a company, how to run a co- a country, and how to run your household. And I'd really like to be able to apply that logical method to things that matter to people. Well, saying that, and this is a little bit off the track here, but I think it would help in the overall picture. I never took economics at all. Um, I took civics and such in high school, but that was back in the 70s. And things, like, things have just changed so much since then. Um, I think it would benefit 
people considerably if they'd go back and teach like home economics and include things like, you know, insurance and balancing a checkbook and things like that. And I know there's some schools that do that. But do you think, knowing what you know now and how you apply your knowledge, do you think everybody, there should be at least one economics class in high school for everybody so they have a, at least some some inkling of how uh, how the economy works? Well, yeah, and again, there's different aspects of that. We've just put in a new course that's a, been named a, a general education course at UNO called financial literacy. That's kind of the term these days. Is yeah, at that. you know what, my youngest like that at, class at, like at the that. high school again, which and it's really much more about you know you know what is annual percentage rate, and when you're you know you're buying a house, you know the the, the what what leverage does when you borrow money and and uh, just the basics of uh, what's what's a graduated tax rate and what does that mean and just the the, the day-to-day living of, of of how to how to how to run your life uh, with economics it's not not it gets into the what we call political economy of of how to run the country or or even even more business economics but just uh, the day-to-day issues that everybody has to deal with but you're in college not everybody goes to college not everybody well, can again, I, not I, everybody I wants it, to including there, there's increasingly including some of that at the high school level too yeah, I agree. And do yeah, do that. do people like you teach that, or I mean, do they hire somebody specifically? Well, we've got we've got an adjunct that's teaching it. He's a, a banker and mm-hmm. does a really good job. My daughter's taking that. She's going to Loyola though, but they gave her the most money. Yeah. But um, she's taking it in some kind of business thing. And the guy who's teaching it owns a pizza parlor. Yeah. So I think that's actually pretty cool that somebody really and truly has hands on every day on on this kind of stuff. You know exactly. So very cool. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's talk the economy <clears throat> of this New Orleans specifically in the southeastern region of Louisiana. Um, there are four main driving forces of the economy in this area. That's like oil and gas and, and the accoutrement goes with it. Uh, tourism. Um, let's see. There is like manufacturing, space manufacturing primarily, and then the port and shipbuilding. Those are the two, those are the four biggest ones that drive it here. But I'm reading another article, and I, I've known this before, that 70 to 75% of the people who are actually employed in the United States work for small businesses. So, yeah. you know, I mean, right now with the pandemic and everything else that's going on, all the economies are getting slammed. So let's, let's start with the biggies. How are the biggies faring in all this? And then we'll get to the littlies. Well, again, the the big industries, obviously, and when we think of New Orleans, the the biggest one is uh, that helps that hurts us is tourism, which is dead, uh, and and because we so are so reliant on that, that's uh, why New Orleans unemployment rate is higher than the rest of the nation, in particular. Uh, the next is oil and gas, which has been also a big problem because when people aren't going to work, they're not driving, they're not buying gasoline, and so mm-hmm. you so at the pump. You know, you're seeing um, uh, very low gas prices. I think they just barely came up above two dollars a gallon now, which is good if you're buying gas, but it's not yeah. so good if you're selling it. So the oil and the gas industry has been pretty much dead. So two of our big industries um, have have really been suffering, and I will say it's likely to get worse because uh, for Louisiana at least, because obviously the new president is um, you know focusing on a clean energy, and that's not our specialty. No, so that's and, uh, so that, that's like that's likely to make things worse in that industry for 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 Louisiana. Yeah, well, and I, like I said, but at the front, I don't want to get into the politics of all this, and you you no. know, I'm, I, 
but it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me because uh, like like a friend of mine uh in the film industry uh oh, <laughs> wouldn't even go into that too much but a friend of mine in the film industry sent me a meme or an actual picture of a uh one of these outlets to plug in your your prius you plug in your electric car mm-hmm. right next to a diesel generator which which what powers the the, uh, the electricity for your car so it's like <laughs> where are they going to get the electric they ain't enough there ain't enough fans out there spinning up in the air to 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 be powering all these electric cars. I don't know where they're going to get the juice, yeah. but you know. Well, and again, that's that's down the road. But I mean, I, I, all I'm speaking to is the question: is how does this affect the Louisiana economy? Not whether it's good or bad, just just how what, what's going to be happening. So so okay, the port is still big. However, across the board, though, like people talk, oh, tourism is such a big deal. But the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> if you don't make any money. You can't afford to go on vacation, which means you can't afford to come here. So tourism is dead. You can't you can't afford to drive anywhere. So the oil and gas industry is dead. You can't really afford to buy too much of anything. So what's the port uh, doing up and down and, and all these ships, shipbuilding areas that that, you know, build oil rig. Uh, tr- uh, what do you call those big work boats with the big flat backs or right. people, you know, I mean, yeah. they got certainly have enough billionaires to buy yachts and such, but I mean, how many yachts can you actually, actually have? So these, these things all interact a whole lot more than people realize they do. Right. And when we, when we say the oil and gas industry, it's not just the production, but remember the, the, the helicopters that fly people out there and, and yeah. all of the supply ships and all these other things is, you know, the down, the, uh, the, the, the downstream, um, you know, products yeah. and all those things are affected by it. Well, I was so 18. We have, you know, two of our two of our biggest industries are 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 being hurt. Uh, the port is actually doing pretty good, I think. It was what hurt it most was the trade war that we've been we've yeah. been having, but it's, that's kind of cooled a little bit, and and nobody knows where that's going. At least I've not heard anything about where that's going. So the port is not doing so bad. Yeah, but uh, only so know, many people. Work. I just heard I just heard the other day, interesting. You mentioned the film industry is actually picking up. Um, you know, there's some predictions that, uh, that, that there'll be more, uh, they finally figured out how to make this work, that there's maybe more films uh, produced in, in Louisiana yeah. this year than there has been for the last, you know, five years. Yeah, but so, you know what else? That, that one actually is coming back, it turns out. Yeah, yeah, but it's coming back, but it's also not, it's not benefiting Louisiana people as much as it should, because number one, you know, a lot of yeah. people from out of state are coming here, and like 25 yeah. of them. Will uh, will all put their name on a lease of a one bedroom apartment, and it'll take advantage of local tax breaks when they don't really live here. Number two, um, and this yeah. is my industry. Number two, yeah. they're looking more at CGI, and they're looking more at reducing the number of actors and such in scripts. And yeah, so there may be more, you know, there may be more yeah. things coming. It's like it's like the the raising the minimum wage. Yeah, per person gonna make more money, but then they either work less hours or there are less people hired. So everything's, right. you know, it ain't it ain't floating across the board like that by any stretch. Uh, but that's my problem, you know, is, right. is dealing with something like that. When uh, when you talk um, the tourism industry, I mean, it's so diverse. The restaurant businesses are, I mean, they're like up and down. Uh, I, I interviewed a guy a couple of weeks ago who's opening a restaurant while everybody else seems to be shutting down. I just heard Cafe August is going to shut down. I haven't confirmed that. Mm. But uh, they're they're going like, so dude, man, go go get a food truck or something. Your food's too good not to eat. But uh, I mean, what do you what do you do to people like that? How what kind of incentives can you get them to not close? Especially like all the bars down in Bourbon Street. Well, they're back down to phase two or something like that. So Mardi Gras is going to come and go. 
and you won't, maybe you can get a daiquiri to go, but that's going to be about it. Yeah. No, the restaurants are, are really hurting, uh, obviously, as well as, and, and the hotel uh, industry is obviously very bad because especially the ones in the downtown area and the quarter depend upon conventions and there are no conventions. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the other restaurants that, the, the, you know, the locals use is, are still, as you say, if you're only running at uh, 50% of capacity at best, mm-hmm. then even if you're open, you're not making money. So um, they're just trying to keep the doors open until things get better. And, and, and of course, the, the PPP has helped a little bit to help the workers at those places. Um, but one of the uh, well, there's some complaints about by the restaurant owners is, yeah, but how do I pay my uh, pay my lease? Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and there's and, some. And that, that's that's what's causing a lot of them to close right now. Is they 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 even if they're they're not making enough money to pay their lease. Uh, right. Is what yeah. Coming to it. I've so talked to a few seeing, people. We're seeing a lot of closures out there. I've talked to a few people who said like their landlords are like really being generous with them, but these are people who like they own the building or have owned the building for a long time, yeah. so they really don't have to pay anything but the taxes. They're the more they don't have a mortgage on the building. And a lot of people are going, well, why can't you just, you know, cut the rent off? Well, I got a mortgage to pay, you know? Right. So right. when we come back though, uh, I'm going to pick it up there and we'll, we'll see how far the, the tendrils go with, uh, with a slowed economy about different people getting specifically, you talk, you talked about the PPE and, and the money that's just being printed and sent out there. What's that going to do to the, not, not getting into the politics, but what's it going to do to us? I mean, how, how bad off are we going to be when we're like 30 or $40 trillion in the hole? My guest is Dr. Walter Dublane. He is, uh, you're like the, the head of the uh, economics department over there at UNO, huh? Correct. That's a good gig, I guess. I, I, you know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't balance my checkbook, man. That's why I should have well, put well, I, I, I couldn't do what you do either, so. Oh, I'm a bullshitter there, bro. I mean, Doug, you, you, could, you could do it if you just cut loose, man. Yeah. I, I yeah, couldn't do not, math. But not on stage, so. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, that's, that's different. All right. Back with more Dub Lane right after this. Does the sound of thunder strike fear in your home? There's only one sure way to fix a flooding problem. Home Team Elevation. End the worry. Stop insurance rate hikes. Get your flooding problem fixed now with the Home Team Advantage. Experienced, hands-on, local owners. You want design choices? On the Home Team, you're the MVP. So don't wait. Elevate with Home Team Elevation because the flood stops here. Get your free quote at 3011222. or go to hometeamelevation.com. Hey, what you gonna do this weekend? You can't go dancing and go to the show because the Corona Cootie's back with a vengeance. Oh, I got an idea. Go fishing. Yeah, get yourself a licensed and insured guide on lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. And at lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos galore from all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. All right, so uh, we're picking it back up here with Dr. Walter Lane, who is the head of the economics department at UNO. Where'd the dub come from? I know you told me before, but I'm old. I don't remember nothing. No, it's it's uh, really a, it's an abbreviation of the initial W. Uh, w. So oh. perhaps we, uh, we oh, have a president right. name that we call W. Yeah, uh, that's where it comes from. I got it. I remember now that you say that. I can had yeah. you on. I had you on the Spudcast when it was on TV. I remember it now. Sure, that's cool. I'm Spud. I'm just fat. By the way, uh, I'm laid up with the COVID. I know, uh, you know, I'm 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 
quarantined in my bedroom upstairs. My wife's having to sleep on the couch. So, uh, frankly, well, God bless you. <laughs> I'll take that, man. I mean, I'm lucky. I am lucky. Uh, I went, I mean, I got two friends, three friends who told me they were, uh, they were, uh, positive on like Friday, Monday evening, late afternoon. I started feeling punky. I said, ah, you know, I better go. And, uh, uh, Thursday, uh, Tuesday morning, I went over to the rapid urgent care and because I, they open at six 30, six 30. I was the first one in line by seven o'clock. I was quarantined. And yeah. I called, uh, I called my friend, Jerry Satanovich, which it's, that's funny. It's like my, my primary care physician is the coroner. Man, that, it's the coroner. Yeah. yeah. But he, uh, <laughs> he, he was able to get me into Oshner for the, uh, they got this, uh, antigen infusion thing. Right. Cause I'm a diabetic. So I qualified for that. And, uh, so far I'm doing pretty good. I mean, since I've had that infusion, I, I, I don't have any, any fever. Uh, I still get an occasional headache. Um, I, every now and again, I have a cough, but you know, I, I'm actually feeling pretty good, but I'm, 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 my family all tested negative. So we're just kind of avoiding each other for the next 10 days or so. So uh, mask up there, dub. That's what I guess that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I'm careful. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. But, and I mean, cause I got friends, you know, I've lost friends to this and I've lo- and I know people who got it yeah. and they didn't even have a sniffle. They just, they just went with a group to get tested when you got COVID. Dude, I, I ain't nothing. I got nothing wrong with me at all. Yeah. I don't care. You got COVID. Go to bed. Um, let's talk about this thing now. Okay, so we're talking economics, and we're talking about how it affects the city. Uh, like the PPP program, and a lot of people are going after that, and I can't say as I blame them. But eventually, <laughs> I mean, eventually, does the country ever run out of money? Because, uh, you know, we, got, we went from 10 to $20 trillion in what, eight years? And then we now, because of the pandemic and all the money sent out, we're pushing 30 trillion. I mean, when we're, I think we're already past the point uh, of, uh, of the debt versus GDP. When are we gonna, when are we gonna run out of money, Dub? Or, or will they just print money and, well, and the inflation will go through the roof? Right, it's not, it's not running, you can't run out of money, but there, there are lots of other consequences of it. The, the, you know, the biggest one down the road is, is, is inflation. Uh, when when you're when you have a so you're so overblown and, and running so these huge debt that people you know lose confidence in the dollar and then all of a sudden uh, then you, that leads to inflation so that's that's the big um, scare down the road as well as others uh, be, you know we right now we have this enormous debt which we have to pay off now we, most of that money we owe to ourselves yeah so it's just people you know, buying really bonds about, yeah yeah you know, we're, we're not really worried about a foreign country taking us over like for instance i used to teach we used to have a program in jamaica and you know jamaica had a problem with the, their national debt but most of it was owed to the united states well when you're when you owe it to somebody else it's a different thing than when you owe it to yourself yeah the, uh, the biggest problem then is well, you have to pay the interest on that debt. Well, interest rates now are virtually zero, but when you get inflation and that interest rate starts going up, then the interest rate, the, the interest you have to pay becomes itself a big part of the national uh, budget. Yeah. Right now it's fairly trivial, uh, but you start having inflation and you start having uh, the, the interest rate being a big part of the national budget, then that squeezes out other things that we really do need to do, like the military and running schools and all mm-hmm. the other things that, that the government does. So, yeah, those are, th- I mean, the two big things that, that, that are hanging over us out there. Well, what's going to hang I, over? Also be, well, but all, let me say is that, that, on the other hand, I think that right now, um, and I, you know, I, could, I quibble with several 
different aspects of, of, of Biden's, for instance, next proposed uh, bailout. I think that we need to be pumping money into the economy right now because this is unprecedented times. Yeah, I, I've I, been very critical for the last four years of Trump running huge deficits in a in a in a growing economy. We shouldn't have been doing that. But I think what we're doing now is probably the right thing. I don't like saying I don't agree with all the details. But then we then we you know we need to we need to when we come out of it then we need to have some take a very careful look at at lots of things. Yeah, well that's the, that's the scary part for me though. It's like what's going to be around? Like I'm 62 years old. I'm yeah. I'm vested in the Screen Actors Guild, so I am going to get a retirement from them. I also get my health insurance through them. However, they've sent letters out going, hey, guess what? We're now upping the number that you need to reach to get health insurance from us. And it's like they used to have two plans, you know, a uh, plan one and plan two. Now they're just going to have one plan and you got to make X amount of dollars to be in that plan. And if not Cobra or Obamacare, here you come. Uh, and now, now I have been on this insurance plan since like 1990. So this is the only insurance and it's good insurance, but it's the only one I've ever dealt with. So now I'm going to have to like reeducate myself for all that. Right when I'm getting to the point where, you know, if if all three of my kids would actually get out of school and get out of the house, uh, me and Mo could sell this place and, and go retire. I could live if it's just the two of us. Uh, I could live on my retirement and my Social Security. But I'm uh, like like everybody else for years. I'm going, is there even going to be Social Security by the time I'm ready to walk away or are they just going to keep up in the age until I croak before I get there? Well, no, I mean, that, 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 of course, that's a political question. I mean, yeah. there's a way that the, the government can cannot pay Social Security, even though the the the, it, the, the, the Social Security trust fund is going to go bankrupt in the fairly near future. The government would just have to make that up politically. Um, and again, if they raise the age, which they def- I believe they definitely should do, it will have to be slowly. So it, won't, it really won't affect you. What's the age now, you know? Um, uh, 67. I mean, uh, man, I got five years to go, and by the time I get there, it's going to be seventy. So yeah, it's going to be one of these things I'm going to be chasing my tail and never get there. <laughs> no, yeah. Anyway, so the, like I say, you're, 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 you'll, you'll be you'll be able to get onto that in a few years. But uh, but then but right now the other thing is obviously you also qualify for Medicare just in four more years. So um, and so you will have at least some insurance there. But because mm. insurance is health insurance is is you know a huge thing. <laughs> And then you, you've yeah. got to keep that. Is that is that the biggest expense of the government? Um, in the budget, uh, it is certain. It is certainly well. Social Security and Medicare are the two biggest uh, items in the federal in the federal government. Yes. Hmm. And again, and of course, the, and it's also in the, the Medicaid. Medicaid is also one of the biggest ones in the in the state government as well. So yeah, those yeah. those are huge. What advice do you have for somebody who's like opening a business now? Like I mentioned before, uh, I know a guy interviewed a guy on the show and I wanted to give him kind of a free plug because he uh, he's opening up a, a restaurant business, mostly catering, mostly, you know, boiled crawfish type of deal, which reminds mm-hmm. me, if I didn't have COVID, I'd be over there getting a sack right now. But yeah. uh, he's opening up a business while other restaurants are closing. Uh, is this a bold move? Um, I keep reading these stories about, you know, somebody wrote War and Peace while they were sitting in a jail cell or, you know, so is, <laughs> well, is yeah, now the time I mean, to be bold? Well, again, and, and we actually were, were seeing that. I've seen some evidence that says that, that new startups are proliferating. Now, of course, a lot of that is because people lost their job. They're looking for something to do. They're going to start their own business. Yeah. Um, and, of course, but traditional restaurants are still 
um, you know, several months away from being uh, possibility of being profitable. What I noticed, it will, it will, it will be the case. Let's look at let's look at New Orleans. Hopefully, in October or something like yeah. that. I've noticed we, we, though, we, the restaurants that seem to be doing the best are the ones who already had a healthy to go business, so they didn't have yeah. to like you know change their their uh, business plans because it was already a big chunk of of what they were doing anyway. Yeah, but a lot of them have really have really moved over to to to, to go very well. I you know anyway I don't want to plug any, but I went up to a steakhouse the other day and was very impressed at how 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 well that worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I sit at the curb and text the number in, and they bring it right out to my car. So um, you know there's there's people are moving in that, but you know thinking about moving when we move back to the whatever the new normal may be, I will say this much: there's going to be a lot fewer restaurants, uh, so that when people start going back. The ones that manage to stay open will probably do okay because there won't be as much competition. Yeah. Are you uh, gonna... and I feel sorry for all the losses. I mean, I used to say we've lost some really, really important ones. But, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 would th- I would think there's hope. But the question is, can, for those, those are people who are out there, can they hang on long enough? And that's really a, a tough question. There's a lot of them that are at the end of their rope. Right. I'm, I'm reading, too, I mean, and I'm running out of time, but I'm reading, too, about, uh, okay, working from home. Uh, a lot of people are doing that. There's a lot of business like up in New York, like big law firms. They would have these fancy schmancy offices on Madison Avenue or Park. And uh, since COVID hit, they had to send people home. And then they've been looking at the numbers going, you know, it took $20,000 a year for them to have one office, you know, per, like per lawyer. So say they're a huge law firm. They got 200 lawyers in there. They were end up paying 20 grand a pop to give each one of these guys just a small office to stay open. And what they did was they sent everybody home. They do most of their work online. Uh, and then like once a week, they, uh, so many of them would come in and take advantage of office space for, for depositions and in-person stuff. Yeah. And then the rest of it was all done online. Do you think you're yeah. going to see, okay, the restaurants might come back. But since people now have this new normal when it comes to working out of the house, do you think we're going to see them open back up those big offices again? Or are those people going to be the, the big the big high rises are now going to be the ones really suffering because they'd be no open body paying their rent. Yeah, no, I would not want to be uh, in the business of what's called class A office space right now, because that is not going to come back like it was. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody's going to going to have to have some, but I would, you know, I would guess that a lot of those big companies are going to figure out, I only need, you know, one, two floors in this building instead of four or five mm-hmm. uh, to do their stuff. So I'm, I'm predicting that that, that, that work at home, is well, and it's not just because it, the company saved money. A lot of the people have really gotten like it. And there, there's a survey that was done that said uh, that like 34% of the people said if they if their option is to if their company says no, you got to come back and drive in uh, to you know to, over the high rise to downtown every day. I'm going to look for another job. Yeah. And, and so I think that people having that flexibility that's going to be a permanent part of life for the, those who can do it. Yeah. You know, again, of course, a lot, I'd say restaurants, a lot of others, no. plumbers, all those people, they've got to be, be there. But for the ones that can, that have been working at home, you know, they're going to be coming in a tradition. But I, I'm predicting that's going to be the new normal for white collar workers. And and they're being able to write off part of their house because now they got an office in their home and they are doing business. Yeah. So they're going to be able to write off part of that. I do that. Not, not a big part, but I do it. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, and just just the other thing is, you know, the, and again, this, the, the big businesses down, downtown, you know how much they have to pay for just to have a parking garage? <laughs> you know, the parking yeah. is a, it's, it, having a parking space downtown is really expensive. Well, they don't need nearly as many of them anymore. So there's a lot of things that will say that 
that I believe in the future that those white collar jobs are going to be uh, at least largely um, uh, from the home. Yeah. You, see, you know, when I was yeah, normal. I was doing my radio show downtown and then uh, when COVID shut down the uh, the whole yeah. station, well, they gave me equipment so I can broadcast from home. And then, right. then he said, look, I'm cutting off everybody's parking on Friday. So if you left anything at the office, you better come back and get it while you can still park here. And so I did. I made right. I made a run and got what I left there and came back. And that was it, man. I couldn't even get in the yeah. gate anymore. So yeah. Walter Dublane, economist. How can people, uh, where would you suggest people go, Since especially since I'm way over time? But to find out more on your own without just looking at headlines, where, where would you suggest people go to find out more? Uh, real deal information on on what's happening in the economy around here. Well, if you want to find information on the, the New Orleans regional economy, I'm part of an organization called the uh, the NORCBE, New Orleans Regional Council for Business Economics. NORCBE.org. We got a website, and they they publish monthly reports on the on the New Orleans economy. Um, uh, we've uh, got a got an uh, economist that with uh, that with us that, that produces those, and it's really excellent. Uh, lots of data for the people that want the real numbers, but it's got projections, very good stuff. The, that's the best cool. place to find information. We used to do it at UNO, um, but that division is not. We we kind of discontinued doing that service. But norcbe.org. Perfect. I would recommend it. Dublin, okay. I appreciate it, man. I know you're busy. Thanks for taking the time. All right. Good to talk to you. Okay. Back with more right after this. Spud here. You know, the last couple of years, I got to be buddies with attorney Mike Brandner. The guy Gambit readers have voted the state's best lawyer two years running. Yeah, he, he's been on that super lawyers list longer than I can remember. But you don't make it number one on those lists because you have witty commercials. You make it because you treat your clients like they're number one. And that's what Mike Brandner does. His clients are like his friends. He helps them through the tough times until he can get them a big check from the big insurance companies. So if you're in a wreck, get the big guy in your corner. Get Mike Brandner, 345-1111. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of Parish coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French vanilla or king cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. Okay, uh, Dr. Walter Dublane, uh, economist here, so it ain't that bleak. But uh, it's bleak, and it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, but as a matter of fact, there's stores opening up tomorrow. We're going to talk with Bob Hennessy from Morning Call, who's reopening the Morning Call. So uh, that'll be on tomorrow's uh, Spudcast podcast, talking out my ask. In the meantime, thanks for joining me. You can find this podcast on Red Circle and on Spotify and Google Play. You can also find it on my uh, Facebook pages, The Big Teasy, uh, Spud's friends and fans, and John McConnell, and on the Twitter at Spud Got That at Spud Got That. If you want to send me an email, if you'd like to become a sponsor of the podcast, or if you just want to cuss me out, or if you want to get on a list of uh, people who are sent the podcast directly to them, send me your address: the Spudcast Podcast at Gmail dot com. The Spudcast Podcast at Gmail dot com. Till tomorrow when we talk with Bob Hennessy, a morning call. Y'all watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan.